Jesus a shout of praise. What a wonderful morning we're having this morning. And uh, what about these new songs? Fantastic. Let's listen. Let's honor our musicians and singers, media team. What a wonderful, what a wonderful job they do, you know, serving us and aiding us, bringing us into the presence of God. You know, music is such a special thing. It really is because every week we all come into this place with cares, worries, baggage and burdens. But isn't it amazing how when you come into this place and you start to praise God and that music starts to touch your heart and your spirit, all of those bags and all of those burdens and all of those cares just seem to get wiped away. It's an amazing thing when music is anointed, when music has the presence of God on it, when we sing and direct our praise to him with words like we've sung. I tell you something now. Now the, 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 the Spirit of God lands on our needy hearts and he really does leave us of any cares that we might be carrying. So let's thank our musicians. What a great, great ministry. It really is. What a great ministry. And we are really so blessed to, to have them. Well, you've got a little welcome home booklet on your seat. You probably sat on it on your rusty dusty. And um, I'm going to be talking about this this morning. There's some aspects that I want to share with you from this booklet that, that we have that's on your seat. You can take it up. You can have a little look through it. And it's got lots of different uh, information in it. And our heart behind this, Faye and I's heart behind producing this was to really put into the hands of every person within our church what we have as a church available for us as a family, but also any newcomer that might come into the church that might be wondering, you know, what's available, might be wondering what we're about. We're hoping to cover it in this booklet. A lot of the aspects that are in this booklet are covered on our website, but we just thought it important to just put it in everybody's hand. And what I'm going to be talking about this morning is our vision. I did this numerous times last year and through any given year, I'm going to be covering aspects of our vision and Faye will too. But today specifically, we're going to be looking at our vision and in the opening of this booklet, you'll see that our vision is really in the first pages. And that's done by intention because we want to make it plain. We want to make it visible and we want everybody to see exactly what it is. So we're hoping that it'll bless you if you, if you are new here today or if you have been coming for a number of months and you're wondering whether to make this your home. Well, this will give you a little insight into what we're about and what we value and what we, what we care for. So take it home, have a look at it, and please hold it close to your heart. As you read the vision, as you read our, our desire for this church as we go forward, pray for it 
Ask God to enable you and empower you to implement it and see its fruition as we fellowship together. Because we really do believe that it's a very simple vision. It's a very plain vision. It can be written down and remembered very easily. But we believe that it's a very important part of why we are here in the days in which we're in. So as you open this booklet, you will see we've got an index page and then we go straight to a picture that says, come as you are, come as you are. And we felt that it was really important to have that statement right at the beginning of our church, right at the beginning of this booklet, because we all came into this place as we were. We came as we were. There were no preconditions to arriving here. There were no expectations. There weren't, like I said earlier, there weren't a list of rules and regulations that we had to fulfill before we came into this place and received the love of God so unconditionally, received his care, received his help, and received the fellowship of a family. We just came as we were. With all of our bags, with all of our hiccups, with all of our mess-ups, with all of our various idiosyncrasies, we came as we were into the church. I can remember coming as a very broken person, a very fearful person, so many things locked up inside me, lots of hang-ups, but I just came as I was. And you know the wonderful thing about this church family? And that was, that was many years ago now, probably, I don't know, maybe even 28 years ago that I first came into this church with all of my hiccups, with all of my baggage. I just came as I was. And you know the wonderful thing about this church family is that I was embraced I came as I was, and I was embraced. I was loved. I wasn't condemned. I wasn't criticized. I wasn't put over the coals because of my weaknesses and because of all of the stuff, all of my history that I was bringing into this family. I was lovingly accepted by people that were faithful and by people that understood that the love of God wanted to do something with my life. And what we're saying is that, you know what, we came as we were, so when people come as they are, we're going to embrace them, aren't we? We're going to receive them just as we were embraced, just as we came with our life and unpacked it into this family. So we're going to see other people, I believe, in the days to come. They're going to come as they are with all of their hurts, with all of their hang-ups, with all of their questions, with all of their histories and habits. But I'm telling you, they're going to find not a closed door, but an open door into God's kingdom. Hallelujah. They're going to find a, a family that, that has a history themselves of grace, a history of love, a history of acceptance, and we are going to be like that father that welcomed the son home, and he clothed him, and, and he restored him back to that position in the household. So it's an important statement right there in the booklet, because it really does identify our culture, that we want to go towards in, in all aspects of church life. Come as you are, Newport. 
because the love of God will not reject you. Come as you are, South Wales, because the love of God will embrace you and enrich you and give you a wonderful life experience beyond, the, beyond all that you could ever know. Come as you are. Jesus was just like this. Read it in the Gospels. He went out, man. Everybody came to him, except the religious, except the people that were looking down their noses at others. Everybody came to Jesus. Prostitutes came to him, and he gave them a new life. He gave them a new reason to live. Dignity restored, shame removed, guilt gone. Prostitutes came to him, found brand new life, brand new reason for living. All manner of people came to him and it says he healed them all. That's a come as you are spirit, man. Come as you are, whatever your hang up is, whatever you need to be made whole from, come as you are. He, he actually said, come unto me. All, all, come unto me. It doesn't matter what, what your predicament in life is. It doesn't matter what your problem is. It doesn't matter what the issue is. Come unto me and I will give you rest. I will relieve you of your burdens and you'll have new life. Come as you are. It's so important within our culture and we don't want to leave that out. We want that to be over the doorway of this church and an open invitation to anyone and everyone. If there's breath in your body, no matter what you're going through, no matter what this world has labeled you, come as you are. Amen. So it was important for us to put that in because these aren't phrases that me and Faye have thought up. This is your culture. We've looked into you. We've, we've thought and prayed about the type of people, the type of body you are. You're a comers. You are church. You really are. We're just putting words to your spirit. We're just putting words and identification to the, 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 the large heart that you have. So that's why it's in there. And then we come into, we come into our vision as a church and this really helps us because a vision enables you to measure your progress I've said this before a vision enables you when you have a vision a clear vision you can be accountable to that a vision enables you to focus and to see that you're in line with your purpose so we've set out a vision clearly so that we can always measure our progress personally and collectively as God's family. And also, we can understand that we're constantly aligned to what Jesus wants us aligned to in his word. It's really important. It really is. God spoke to Habakkuk and he said, write the vision down. Make it plain. Make it plain. Write it down Make it plain so it can be read. That's what he said. And that's why we've put it intentionally right at the beginning of this booklet so that we can read it. 
We can read it. We can pray over it. We can align our lives continually to it. We can measure our progress by the scriptures, by the word of God. So that if there needs to be necessary adjustments, we can make those adjustments. So as you'll see, there's three key words that we feel are important within our vision as a church. Now, these words aren't sacred. These, there's nothing holy about these three words that we've chosen. We've just chosen them because they really do epitomize what we're about but what is sacred is the scriptures that they represent. Okay? The scriptures behind them. That's what's sacred. And that's what we want to give our lives to. The three words that we feel are important within our vision as a church family are reach, renew, release. Now, that's easy, isn't it? That's easy to understand. It's not rocket science. But it took a lot of prayer and a lot of time to get just those three words. We had to look back into the past. We had to look at where we were in the present. And we had to look at what we wanted to continually align ourselves with in the future as a church. This church in its past history has always had a reach within it. It's always had within it a release and it's always had a renewing element where the word of God is continually preached. These words were important to us. So we, we included them and we used them and are using them as the framework of our vision. Pray over these words that your life, your life will follow the instruction of God's word to fulfill them. Now this morning I'm going to give you some scriptural background to these words outlined in the Bible and that's why we can have focus and we can have understanding and we can have purpose as we go forward to fulfill them. Referring momentarily back to what Habakkuk said, Habakkuk 2 verse 2, let me read it to you, it says this, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Well, we haven't got tablets. We've got a booklet. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. Make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. When you read these words, I ask you, as your pastor, to make a decision to run. Make a decision this morning to take this little booklet home, open it up, read the vision, make a decision to run. Because this is the vision of this house. This is why you're here. This is why you're called. This is why God has brought you. I haven't brought you here. You haven't brought me here. We are here collectively as God's people, chosen and brought together. So many different lives, chosen specifically, uniquely. 
And I ask you to prayerfully read this and make the decision to run. Don't amble about. Don't be apathetic over the word of God. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I am going to run and I am going to fulfill these words because I'm a part of a family that you have brought me into. Make a decision to run. That word run is not accidental in the word of God. It pictures a life that's pursuing to fulfill God's word. It's, it pictures a life that's passionate. Yes, there are issues and situations that come our way that try to distract us, that try to pull us back, that try to, to divert us from what, what God wants to do with our lives. But we have, to, we have to ignore those things. We have to put things aside. And Jesus said it like this. He said, you have to seek first the kingdom of God. What is that? That's a decision to run. That's a decision to have your life And your vision aligned to what God wants, his kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God, you know, in the midst of all other things. And as you seek first his kingdom, everything will be added unto you. If you seek first the kingdom, if you make a decision to run and fulfill this vision that we have very simply set out. This is not rocket science. This is so easy a child could understand it. And we intentionally did it that way. Make a decision. I encourage you to run. Make a decision to fulfill the words of this vision scripturally. And I'm telling you now, your life, you, you, will, you will experience untold blessing, untold assistance. You will have a closeness of God's presence that you, you, you've, you've always dreamed of. You really will. And I understand this, this commitments that we can't let go. I'm not saying, you know, jack in your job tomorrow and say, right, I'm here. No, we all understand, right? We all understand that there's lots of different things that we can't let go of, okay? But in your heart, in your, it's a heart thing, this is. This is a heart thing. This is a passion thing. This is... Being ignited by the Spirit, living it, thinking it, breathing it, doing it, running with it. Make a decision to run today. As you read it prayerfully, when you take it home. Okay, so these three words, reach, renew, release, have within them a personal commitment that we're making to God, a personal commitment that we're making to one another, and a personal commitment that we're making to people that are around us, are all around us within the world in which we live. What a great life to live. What a great life to live. I'm telling you, you haven't got to make your life up and try and, you know, get through the day. You go to God's word, like Faye says. Like Faith said, over the last two weeks, and you align your sight, you align your vision with the Word of God, and whatever attitude or aspect of life that needs to be brought in line, you do it. You allow the Word of God to correct you and align you with His purpose. What a way to live. That's the way to live. To have a blueprint for life, the Word of God. We're making a commitment to one another.
We're making a commitment to God. And we're making a commitment to the world in which we live when we fulfill his word. Let's look for a moment at this word reach. Reaching one another and the world in which we live. That's outlined in the booklet. And this word is really important within our values and within our vision as a church because it represents two priorities that Jesus set for his church before he ascended to heaven. The first being what is known as the great commandment. Jesus talked about a new commandment that would fill, fulfill all of the commandments of the Old Testament. One new commandment. And we want to align our lives with that commandment in everything we do within this church now and on into the future. The great commandment, the new commandment that Jesus gave to his disciples was this. John 13, 34 to 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just, here's the standard. Oh my God, here we go. Just as I have loved you. What a standard. What a standard. We can do it. We can. Because the Holy Ghost... Romans 8, Paul said it, the Holy Spirit, the love of God, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts as a result of the Holy Spirit. We can love one another as Christ loved, loves us because of the Holy Spirit's presence within us. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. This isn't a cheap love. This isn't a temporal love. This isn't a love that's hot and cold. This is a love that goes the distance. This is a love that doesn't give up. This is a love that doesn't walk away. This is a love that, you know, you can slap its face. You can mock it. You can beat it. You can insult it. And it still comes back and forgives. That's the type of love that we're talking about. That's the type of love that Jesus wants us to exemplify in our lives. It's undefeatable. It really is. It's, it's a beautiful unfolding of his life in our lives. And it's possible. It's possible. We have to make a commitment to run in that direction. Don't get offended. It's not good enough to be offended. It's not good enough to hold offense. It's not good enough to give them a piece of your mind. They don't need a piece of your mind. You need to run in this direction. You need to run in this new commandment that's been given and set out by the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior. That's what's going to bring you blessing. Is it hard? Yes. Does your flesh rise up and, and, you know, want to take the forefront of your life? Yes, of course it does. But this is the way that wins. This is the way that's victorious. This is the way. It really is that he has set out for us to live in and the way that really takes our life to a wonderful new level. So we want to fulfill this new command as we reach out toward one another. You see, our lives in this place are joined. We are the body of Christ. God wants our lives to reach towards one another. We don't want to just be a crowd. 
We want our lives to connect with one another. And that's why we've got all of the various teams in the church. That's why we've got connect groups. We keep encouraging, you know, and opening our homes, directing each and every one of us to get in, into a connect group. Why? Because we want our lives to reach out to each other. We don't ever just want to be a large crowd of people. We want to be a family of people. I need you as much as you need me. I need your encouragement. You might think, well, Dave's the pastor of the church. He never has a hard day. Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? A word from you could greatly encourage me. I was talking to Dave Escott this morning. Dave greatly encouraged me this morning. Dave's kindness reached to me. Bless me greatly and others. And I want to be a blessing. You see, our lives are designed to be connected together as God's family. And to express this love that Jesus encourages us to exemplify. Do you know there's over 150 one another verses in the New Testament? Verses with the phrase one another in it. Encourage one another. Love one another. Correct one another. Pray for one another. Over 150 different phrases one another phrases within the New Testament alone. I wonder why. Because the picture of the church within the New Testament is for us to be joined to one another, care for one another, love one another, encourage one another. We can't do that if we're isolated and alone and just doing our own thing. We're a body. We really are. So let's run in that direction. If you're not in a connect group, why don't you just have one, one conversation today? One conversation, the next step in your life will change your life dramatically. I'm telling you. One conversation. I've had significant moments in my life through the, through the time that I've been in this church. And it's been amazing. Just one conversation with, with somebody. One person. It's led me on to a new place and to the next step in my life within this family and it's been such a blessing I encourage you today you may have been coming for for some time now and and that's great but we want you part of the family we don't want you to you know we don't want you to eat your your food up in your bedroom alone we want you at the table we want to look in your eyes we want to find out about you because it's a home this place it's a family encourage you to do that so we want to run to fulfill this wonderful new command that Jesus has set. That's always going to be a priority in this place. I've got to watch my time, man. I'm just on point one. <laughs> but let me say this to you, right? Come as you are. Come as you are. Reach out with Jesus' love. I remember an occasion when I was in, in the foyer once and a man came in who was in need. I could see it just on his face. And uh, I went up to him. I said, just greeted him and welcomed him. And, you know, he was really, he had a lot of pain in his heart. And he told me in no uncertain terms to off. 
very politely. Numerous times he said it. Do you know what? I thought, you're not going to break my welcome. I love you. I couldn't help it. I could see his pain. You're not going to break it. Anyway, I didn't want to annoy him. So I just said, sir, I'm sorry if I've annoyed you, but you're welcome here. Do you know, he came into the service and um, I, I shared the word that morning. And I remember by the end of the service, he was, he was crying the rain, right? I gave the appeal for him to ask, for, for people to ask Christ into their heart. His hand was the first up. See, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing what love can do. It really is. And there's been so many stories over the years. I could tell you, people come in to this place to criticize. I've, uh, Pastor Ray's told me, Colwyn told me numerous times, come in to criticize and slander and, and, and they've left. They've left crying, repenting, because the love of God, the love of God's in this place. When you meet together, when you meet together, when we meet together collectively, the love of God, it's unexplainable, but it's here. It's, it really is. So we want to run to fulfill that new commandment that Jesus has gave, given us as we reach out towards one another. Not only do we want to fulfill this great commandment, but we want to follow the great commission. Mark chapter 16 verse 15 says this, Jesus again talking to his disciples. So this is vitally important that we always take notice of it. It's vitally important that we hold it in our hearts. May I ask you a question? And I don't, I don't do this to shame you. I don't do this for you to feel guilty. But when was the last time that you told somebody about Christ? When was the last time? When was the last time that you offered to pray for somebody? It's an important question. We have to measure. We have to measure. We have to hold ourselves accountable. We are servants of Christ. We have a commission. I can't, I can't carry it out alone. Tony can't carry, out, carry, carry it out alone. And others in the outreach team. If you can't remember, that is telling you something. It's telling me something. If I can't remember the last time I told somebody about Christ, that is telling me something about my life that I need to hold myself account to. Because Jesus in Mark chapter 15, uh, Mark chapter 16, 15 says this, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Do you know what I love about Dave, my brother-in-law? He's got, he's got a successful business. And his main objective in his business, he told me this morning and has told me repeatedly over the years, is to reach people for Christ. Irrespective of whether they receive Christ, his role is to simply deliver and explain Jesus to them. 
that, he's, that he will forgive them their sin, that he'll bring them into new life, that he's risen from the dead. That's not hard. But there's a man, right, that's not trying to hide his faith because he's got a successful business, which any one of us could do. Well, I can't bring Jesus into my business. It might affect my custom. No, he doesn't go and whack people across the head with the Bible. But, but it, it just happens, Dave, doesn't it? It just happens. What an example. You, 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 you haven't got to, you know, get some billboards and a placard and, and become all weird. Just generally diffuse. Yeah, you like that, didn't you? <laughs> oh, blink it out. Forget the weirdness. Right? Just share Jesus. Jesus loves you. And that'll get some weird looks. But, but you know what I'm saying? Just diffuse an aroma, right? Jesus has saved you, forgiven you of your sin. What great news. He can forgive you too, okay? So do that. Let's, let's take this commission seriously. Let's prayerfully, again, ask the Lord to enable us to run, to run in this way, in this direction, with this vision. You know, there's a story about the great evangelist, American evangelist, a great man of God called R.A. Torrey. R.A. Torrey. He was a pastor as well, and he was an author. And uh, one day, he was sitting in a restaurant, just eating away, and a waiter came up to him, and he started to talk to the waiter. And, you know, as the waiter went back and forth, the Holy Spirit put a tremendous burden on R.A. Torrey to tell this young waiter about Christ. Well, Tori, because he was eating and with his friends, ignored the prompting of the Spirit, ignored the burden and the urgency that the Holy Spirit was placing on him in that moment. And then a new waiter came and uh, carried on with his duties and assisted them in, in, in their experience in that restaurant. When R.A. Tori turned and said, oh, where's, where's our, our other waiter? And with sadness in his eyes, the waiter tearfully said, Sir, we've just found him hanging in the kitchen. Now, that may never happen to you, but it just shows you that people are on a fine line between their earthly life and eternity. People are going through unimaginable stress and burden and pain and they're, they're putting on a nice face. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're saying all the right things to hide it. But behind the mask, they need Jesus. Now, I'm telling you, you are missionaries in this world. You are ambassadors of God's love, of God's care. And R.A. Torrey asked the Holy Spirit, to forgive him and would never go on to make that terrible, terrible, awful mistake again. We want to fulfill the great commandment among us because we don't want to bring people into a house that's constantly under stress and fighting and pressure. We want the love of God, the aroma of his presence in this place, 
We have it, thank God. But also, that love must propel us out into a world that's needing Christ, that's needing hope and life. The next word is the word renew. It's within our vision. And it's an important word because we always want to be centered in the word of God for our lives. We really do. We live in a new covenant. We read a new testament. Everything about which Jesus has provided for us is new, brand new. The Bible says it like this, old things have passed away. Behold, all things in relation to your life and my life have become new. And we always want to be going forward and making a priority of not only reaching but also coming into this newness of life that Christ has provided for us. Colossians 3.10, Paul was always directing the church into their new life that Christ has provided for them. Colossians 3.10 says this, Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. It's a wonderful, wonderful unfolding of life as every day passes. You're not going to stay like you are. Thank God for that. You're not. You're not going to. There's going to be new things that are going to arise in your life. Your life is continually changing and being conformed to his image. And we want to always be a church and a family and a people that embrace the new seasons and the new things that God has for us. Romans 2, you'll know it well. Uh, Romans 12, verse 2, you'll know this well. Paul says this, and do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformation is ahead of you. It really is. You're not, as a believer, stuck in a rut. There's no ruts that God's created for any one of us. Our life in him is a wonderful revelation, a wonderful fullness of expression, of abundance as it unfolds. As we give our lives more over to him, as we surrender to him, we will see his grace unfold in a marvelous way. And transformation will take place. And he can even change and does change the way that we think. And that's incredible. It really is. And then finally, within our vision, so we've looked at this word, reach, the word renew. And finally, another word that has importance to us is this word release. Release. Using our lives to be servant-hearted. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, from the message version says this, God is building a home 
He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. The servant heart allows God to use it. And I'm so thrilled to see so many servant-hearted people in this place. In the teams that we have, time and life and energy laid down in service, not to man, but to God. Homes opened, people brought in and blessed and equipped. Servant-hearted people wanting to serve the purpose and the vision of the church. What a blessing. Maybe today you're here and, you know, you've been attending church But now the next step for you is really to put your roots down and to offer your gift, to offer your services to others. Honestly, when you you run towards this, when you make it a priority to be a blessing and not just simply to be blessed, when you make it a priority and you run in this way, to release your life to others, you'll be amazed at what happens. Don't hold on. Don't, don't try and, and keep what you have. Rather, give it. Give your talents. Give your time. Give your expertise and your abilities into the church of God. And I'm telling you, On the basis of God's word, the blessing that you will have will be amazing. It really will. It really will. Don't allow the excuses to crowd your mind. Just give yourself maybe into a team, maybe into a connect group. Start a connect group. Well, if I start a connect group, nobody will come. They will. You'll be amazed. The prophet said to the widow, bring me, an, bring me an empty jar. And the supply of oil filled that jar. And then she went and found jar after jar after jar. Let me tell you, the oil didn't get exhausted, but they ran out of jars. And I say that to say this. When you bring your empty jar, your life, and you say, Lord, listen, I'm willing for you to use it. You come with a servant heart. He will fill you. You will give, but I'm telling you now, you will get far more. You will get far more, believe me, because this is supernatural. It really is. You will get far more than you can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. Be servant-hearted. 1 Peter 4 verse 10 says this, God has given each of you a gift. From his great variety of spiritual gifts, use them well to serve one another. I know, I know, there's people here ready to release the servant heart. You're ready to step up into a new level of service. 
with others. You're not going to be on your own. You're going to be part of a team. You watch what comes as a result of the laying down of your life and the taking up of his life and the life of others. You'll, I tell you, the fellowship that you'll have, the friendship that you'll gain, the flourishing of your life, even your home. It'll all come under the blessing of God simply because you've surrendered. You may look at other people's lives and you may think, well, how does it go so well for them? How, how? I'll tell you now, they seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else is sorted. Today, one conversation, one conversation could be your next step into tremendous abundance. For your life personally, it really could. Many of the departments that we have now in this church was started not by Pastor Ray going up to people and saying, can you do this? It arose not by anything being said by Pastor Ray or ourselves. It arose out of the heart of men and women that just simply wanted to run Sow their lives, sow their passion, give their strength, not only into the world in which they live, but into the church of God, into the kingdom of God. And great blessings have resulted as a result of just hearing the heart and saying, Lord, I surrender my life to do what you want me to do. I believe there's ministry still here. We, you know, in this book, you will see Lots of different wonderful ministries for our children, our crash, our Sunday school, our youth provisions, Jesus Cares, outreach programs, media team, musicians, all prison ministries. So, so many creative academy. We, we could list them. We could stay here all day and, and look at them. These, if you went back to how these works were started, right? They weren't started with some big glamorous appeal. They were just started in the heart of a man or a woman that just wanted to bring their gift, their gift and place it in the church. I know there's gifts here that are not operating or functioning within this church yet. And that's not, that's not a... Um, a criticism I'm excited because you're going to unpack it God's going to get on your case and after this word you're going to read it and, and you're going to feel aroused in your heart and you're going to be ready to run and you're going to be able to lay down your gift and who knows what new ministries, who knows what new departments are going to be started. We're not just going to settle for the departments that are in these book, this booklet as good as what they are. There's new departments that are in your heart, gifts in your heart that are ready to go, ready to be released. And over time, over time, you're going to do that. Amen? Amen.